0: eight: A particular church gathered and completely organized according to the mind of Christ consists of officers and members and the officers appointed by Christ to be chosen and set apart by the church so called and gathered for the peculiar administration of ordinances and execution of power or duty which he entrusts them with. Or calls them to to be continued to the end of the world are bishops or elders and deacons. So, having completed paragraph 7, last time we met, we consider the authority of the church. Paragraph 7 says, To each of these churches that thus gathered according to his mind, declared in his word, he has given all that power and authority. Christ, by the means of his word, has given the church power and authority, and says, which is in any way needful for their carrying out of that order in worship and discipline, which he has instituted for them to observe with commands and rules for the due and right exerting and executing of that power. We saw that authority rests within the local church. It is not... Uh, The authority is not given to an individual or to churches but every local church has authority to carry out and to function as a church. Um, And and Christ has given us commands and rules for us to exercise that authority. That authority is not merely given to us as a church uh, to do whatever we please with it. No. Christ has given us commands and rules for the due and right exerting and executing of that power. Paragraph eight deals with the organization of the local church. What comes out from that paragraph as you before we consider it.
1: officers mm. in the church mm. um, whom at the end um, the writers of called bishop elders and deacons mm. that they are appointed by christ mm. chosen and set apart by the church mm. for particular roles including administration of ordinances execution of power or duty mm.
0: Yes, so it talks about the constitution of this organization called the church, and uh, it consists of officers and members. Um, yes, and then it says the officers are appointed by Christ to be chosen and set apart by the church.
2: So if there uh, exists a church that is in line with Christ's will, mm-hmm. um, then naturally sure there will be two classes of people, officers and members. Yeah. And there will be of
3: officers
2: uh, to show how these officers come about. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm seeing that for a shot.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very important point. Um, when we talk about the church having organization, it is in accordance to the will of God, and and he says they are according to the mind of Christ. Uh, you, you see, you can have a school board, a, a school run by a school board and uh, and, uh, and and administrators, but. That organization is not according to the mind of Christ, isn't it? It is it is, it is man's device to organize. It's not sinful, but uh, you can say it is not a church, it is not an institution which Christ has appointed. So when you come to talk about the church here, you see very clearly that there is someone who has Who is in charge of this organization? Who is setting everything um, in order? Who who is putting all these structures in place for the church to function? And so he says that a particular church, notice that it is a particular church, it is the local church. It continues with the same idea from paragraph 7 that the authority lies within the local body of believers. And then paragraph 8 continues with the same idea. A particular church, it is very specific. Each independent church gathered and completely organized according to the mind of Christ consists of officers and members. So we have an organizational structure here. And you have the headship and you have those who submit. Um And this organization, in you can say, in every aspect of our lives, isn't it? Because if there was no organization, there would be chaos. Um, even within the Godhead, there is organization. God, God the Father elects, chooses those he's, those is going to save. God the Son does the redeeming work. God the Holy Spirit does the sanctifying work. And so it is. Organization in the Godhead We should not be surprised to see that There is organization in the local church We are not left to ourselves On how we are to organize the church of Jesus Christ Christ has made his will known to us And many of the churches today are unbiblical Because they are not organized in a biblical way Uh, for, For instance, you have the Quakers Um, they meet for worship and uh, everyone keeps quiet and everyone is in quotes praying in the spirit and then the one they claim God will speak to everyone is is going to agree to what he says so that there is no order we can meet and someone can claim, "I've heard the, a word from the Lord," and whatever he says, everyone takes it as the word of God, isn't it? So there's there's no order, there's no organization. Uh, it, it it is not an it is not a church that you can say is organized according to the mind of Christ. And so today there are all kinds of human organization devised by men. There are so many churches that are run by individuals. Uh, individuals who are are not, as it says here, they are not appointed by Christ to be chosen. And they are not set apart by the church. People who have elevated themselves and chosen themselves to be pastors, to be teachers of the word of God without the recognition of the church, uh, so that if you don't agree with them, you're the one, you're the one to to go out out of the door, isn't it? If 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 they are deemed disqualified according to First Timothy chapter three, uh, and you feel dissatisfied with this conduct, you're the one to leave the church. So the church doesn't belong to you. The church belongs to them because they have appointed themselves, and so you notice there very clearly that these officers it says that they are appointed by Christ isn't it, they are appointed by Christ let's turn to Acts chapter 20 verse 17 Or maybe we can look at First Thessalonians first of all. First Thessalonians, Chapter five, verse twelve and thirteen. Someone can do that. First Thessalonians chapter five verse twelve and thirteen.
2: We ask you, brothers, respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and are born to and to esteem them very
0: highly, love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. So you notice there that there are two classes of people in the church. There is everyone who is a member of the church. We ask you, brothers, and then the second part of the people in the church. They are to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So they are those who lead in the church, isn't it? And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among you. So these officers are to be esteemed, are to be honored. Why? It simply says they are verse 13 because of their work, isn't it? If they are faithfully serving, pouring their life to the flock of Christ they are to be esteemed they are to be honoured because of their work isn't it be at peace among yourselves so there is two tier organisation in the church you have a group of people who lead and there is a group of people who are led Uh, so having seen the constitution of the church Notice, secondly, the establishment of these officers. How are these officers established in the church? The constitution of this organization, it consists of officers and members, and then notice the the establishment of these officers. The officers appointed by Christ to be chosen and set apart by the church. What do you think it is saying? appoints them isn't it Christ is the one who chooses them he says there consists of officers and members and the officers appointed by Christ to be chosen and set apart by the church isn't it <coughs> what else comes to your mind as you read that statement And mm. um, when the church was praying, and, uh, God, the Holy Spirit
3: came. Uh, mm. Acts thirteen. Said, mm. yes, me, you know, so, mm. mm. so God had
0: called them, mm. uh, but now in the church was somewhat setting them apart. Yeah. So that um, even the 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 officers in the church Mm. are first of all called by God and then the church the church chooses them that's that's very true Um, you have the example of Acts chapter 13 the Holy Spirit uh, speaking and uh, telling uh, the church to set apart Paul and Barnabas Mm, 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 mm. um, for the missionary work that Mm the Holy Spirit was going to send them. So the Holy Spirit calls calls men into these offices, isn't it? Uh, men do not appoint themselves. Uh, uh, if the church appoints you to, to serve in any of these offices, it is because they recognize that the Holy Spirit has granted you Certain gifts that are unique, isn't it? So that you can serve in that capacity. So it's the work of the Holy Spirit calling men to these offices. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. someone can read Ephesians chapter
3: 4 verse 8 to 11 Ephesians uh, chapter 4 verse 8 to 11 mm-hmm. Therefore it says When he ascended on high he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men In saying he ascended What does it mean by that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who ascended is the one who also ascended um, far above all the heavens that he might feel all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers.
0: So this is talking about Jesus Christ, isn't it, verse 11? Mm. And you see that he is the one giving to the church these men who are gifted to to, to serve, to teach and to shepherd and uh, to serve other saints. Uh, you see also the example of Paul in chapter 3 of Ephesians, chapter 3 verse 7, he says, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given me by the working of his power. Notice there very clearly that Paul did not choose himself. Rather, he he clearly says that he was made a minister. He was made an apostle according to the gift of God's grace. It was God's sovereign, uh, God's free sovereign grace that uh, he chose him to be an apostle. As he says, which was given me by the working of His power, and so it is the Holy Spirit working and granting gifts to men, so that they can serve in that capacity. You, you do notice that the call to this office, the standard is is commanded to all Christians, but for those who are called to this uh, to these offices. Um, they are to excel even further in those qualifications so that they can be imitated. They can be other people can model their life after them, isn't it? Um, Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. He was an apostle, and he says here, it is by the will of God. Yeah.
3: So I hope that is clear
0: that uh, the establishment of these offices uh, uh, is is these men are appointed by Christ to be chosen, and what the church does is to simply recognize them, recognize the gift that the Holy Spirit has placed in them, and they are set apart by the church, so called, and gathered question, a comment before we, we, we continue.
3: And could you explain um, um, what's,
2: what's the difference between Christ appointing so
3: that
2: we can come and choose? Okay. Yeah. And does Christ appoint so that we choose.
1: I can try to answer from how I've understood um, As the passage you've seen in Ephesians 4 um, Christ's gifts to the church Includes all those offices um, The evangelists the, the, the pastor, teacher The apostles of old and the prophets And today he has been saved Has given us the gifts of teachers, pastor teachers. And in giving that gift to certain individuals through his spirit, a gift of the spirit, um, then that's how he, how can I say, shows his gifts to us. So that someone can have the gift of teaching. Um, Someone through the spirit. given the grace by the spirit is able to have the qualifications or qualities as we see in Titus 1 and First Timothy 3 um, then we can I don't know whether it would be conf, as confident as to say that person has been appointed by Christ um, and for us now we have the biblical biblical way of choosing as we see again in the qualifications
0: um, I don't know whether I've understood that right. Because that's how I've gotten it. recognize the gift as we I say. think we, we often use the word has been appointed the elder, has been appointed the deacon of the church. Uh, I, I, I think humanly speaking, we can say he has been appointed through a vote, isn't it? Uh, he was put through a vote, through consideration. And... and uh, And humanly speaking, someone can understand that they have been appointed to be a deacon or an elder in the church. Uh, But if you look at it um, from the word of God, it is God calling, appointing and choosing these people for that work. And what we only do is to recognize. We simply recognize the gift that God has placed in this person. And we simply say, this person qualifies based on 1 Timothy chapter 3. To be an elder or to be a deacon, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I I don't think there's a problem if you use the word appointed or has been chosen. Uh, But uh, if you want to nuance even better, it's better to say uh, such and such a person was set apart, isn't it? Such and such a person was recognized by the church and uh, he has been placed as an elder or a deacon. Yeah. So I think it depends on how you nuance it uh, But when we speak about Someone being appointed it's, it's not like We are not dismissing the fact That we know it is Christ who Who chose them, isn't it? Who called them, who chose them Because we cannot call people into the ministry We cannot call people to be deacons It's only God who can call them, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. As for the way Christ appoints. Uh, what we see that's how Christ appoints mm-hmm. by bringing up these qualities that mm-hmm. he requires of.
1: Then we, we then once we recognize we we
0: choose those people. Yes. So so Christ appoints by uh First Timothy three says, "The saying is trust, trustworthy. If anyone aspires the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Christ appoints those who come to ministry by giving them a desire. First of all, mm. there should be that desire to to to, uh, to 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 serve, and that desire affirms that they are called, and uh, they are they are compelled to do nothing else but." To, to to serve to be to be a pastor or to be an overseer, and and then you see those gifts following them, isn't it? You see that uh, they have a unique way of teaching. Uh, uh, th- their character is exemplary. Um, um, they are unique individuals. If if they are striving to, be, for instance, those who are going to be deacons from First Timothy chapter three verse eight, you see the qualifications there. You 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 see people who serve. Everyone in the church serves, but you see them serving more than the rest, isn't it? That they, they are, the Holy Spirit has energized them in a in a in a in a unique way more than the rest. I remember, uh, talking to one deacon, and he was telling me that um, he can do a lot of work without getting tired. Like he can run a lot of errands without getting tired. And uh, I was thinking of what it normally does, and I feel that's a lot of work. But you see, the Holy Spirit energizes them in a very unique way, and they serve in a greater capacity than the rest. And the church can recognize and see that this brother is gifted, isn't it, uniquely. Even though all of us serve, but that person has been called, isn't it, the Holy Spirit that... uh, that works in them. And that's a good question. So
1: I'm, I'm getting then it's the sense in which once all these things align, mm-hmm. then we can conf- confidently say that that person has been appointed by Christ because mm-hmm. you can have the desire, mm-hmm. you can have the gift, but be biblically disqualified for one sure. reason or another. Um, we then can't say that he's still a person appointed by Christ, mm-hmm. can we? So there's a sense in which I'm getting that the appointment by Christ is that the overall thing from the desire to the gift uh, to the qualifications to the being set apart by the church. Then we can say all that is Christ's appointment of the elder. Um, Yeah, because I see where a sense in which someone can have the desire, but they don't have the gift. Room, or they,
0: they can, can teach, or they can have the gift, they can be very good teachers, yes, but no desire. Uh, they, no. The church may feel like we think you can become our pastor, but he doesn't have the, the desire, yeah, the desire is not there, so the calling is not there, isn't it? Yeah. So, so, all I agree with you, all those things must come together, isn't it? All those things must fit in play, uh, must fit together, and and and. God is gracious isn't it because you look at the qualifications in First Timothy chapter 3 and uh, uh, the bar is too high but it is the Holy Spirit working in us to qualify us isn't it so, so that none can stand and say I meet those qualifications because I am this kind of a person but to those that God calls, He also qualifies. If, if God is going to call you, He's going to qualify you. He's, he's going to make you fit for that office, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that takes time. Um, providence must, must, uh, must align, isn't it?
1: from from here. Mm. Just like now you have to meet the two criteria. <laughs> mm. But uh Christ appoints you but also now the church has a has role to qualify
2: you also recognize yes. <laughs> you. So that uh,
1: we do away with uh, these people maybe a, a person's mm. needs up with a dream or saying that God has given me a burden mm-hmm. over certain place. Mm-hmm. But the church has not even qualified you. Nobody has said you are part. True. So in that way I see it is like you're calling yourself not much the two criteria mm-hmm. for you to say that really God has mm-hmm.
0: I agree with you and and uh, if you're in a case where the church refuses to recognize you for whatever reason, then you cannot serve, isn't it? Even though you may feel like I have the desire, I have the gift, I think I can serve as the pastor. But if the church feels like we think we, maybe you're not ready, or maybe you're not mature enough, you see, it's, I agree, it's it's the church playing a role as well, isn't it? Uh, uh, So that no one person appoints himself. Or, or or recognizes himself as the pastor of a people simply because they teach or simply because they they, they do pastoral work the church must recognize them and says they say they, are, they must be set apart. They must be set apart by the church
3: yes there's
0: two um, offices the
3: members and the officers so what do we make of I see down there he has talked a lot people but now what do we make of of ushers, Mm. music team (laughs) media team (laughs) yeah I, I was in a church before where there was Category of sanctuary keepers.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yes, so we need those posts. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think what we see from Scripture is is there are two offices in the church, isn't it? Mm-hmm. From First uh, Timothy three, the the office of the pastor, the office of the deacons. Um, so it, everyone in the church is a deacon, in the sense that everyone is serving, everyone must serve, isn't it? But from everyone serving, we recognize that there are people who are more gifted than than all of us. And you see, that person has put them to be a deacon, meaning that person leads us in serving. He's the leader in serving us. So technically, he serves better and more than the rest of us. That's why we've chosen him, isn't it? So, he is he's leading us in serving. So, when you have a situation in the church where, let me say, I think it can be unique, it can be case for case. Um, you, you can have a church administrator who is a deacon, uh, you can have an usher who is a deacon. So, so those positions they are not to be uniquely given to someone because they have an office um, I think everyone can serve as an usher I, I, I don't understand why there should be that distinction uh, that, that, uh, that, that someone is an usher I think my recommendation would be if our church grows and we have various responsibilities then we share those responsibilities so if if, uh, if today we say um, Thaddeus and Anthony will be serving as ushers, tomorrow we say Dennis and William will be serving as ushers. So there should be that rotation so that it's 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 not only the same people doing the same things over and over again, isn't it? Um, because the
3: assumption <coughs> is that the same vehicles um, mm. and pastors yeah. are or, mm. or have the desire and the ability mm. so there are people who are gifted in that sense to usher. Oh. You see? Oh. Uh, there are people who are gifted in that sense to teach children mm. so that there are people who are gifted in that way to see what it is. a mm. But, yeah. So I think yes, I think that's what I was trying to put content with hmm. um, because they are post even in reform churches
0: hmm. but they are, so I think that's, I wanted those two to come together hmm. yeah. I, I think often we um, in our, sometimes in our member, membership interview someone is asked um, uh, how do you think you are going to serve the church and uh, <laughs> some say I have the gift of singing for instance um, I, I have the gift of I don't know whatever. I think when you when you're in the church and you're serving, then you realize uh, how how do I put this? You can see, for instance, you have this gift of singing, but that does not exclude you from ushering, isn't it? You should be able to be a Christian who serves across board. You should be able to 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 do everything in the church, isn't it? Anything that you feel is a need, you're there to meet. Unless it is a unique gift like singing, which most uh, some of us cannot do it, we, we can we can uh, we can we can select a number of you to to lead us in singing. Uh, so, so there are those gifts that are unique like singing, but there are things uh, that nearly all of us should be able to do isn't it yeah or, or you, maybe you could say there, 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 are, there are services that you need to be skillful if I can say that way so, so, so that if we had a carpenter in church and they were serving they, they were, they were uh, do, doing some woodwork for us then they are gifted in that unique way, isn't it? Not most of most not many of us can do that. But their duties and responsibilities like washing dishes, which we expect nearly all of us to do, isn't it? Yeah. What
1: should you think of pastors who form their own churches? And Oftentimes, you see the wife also being a pastor, but mm. I think that's, that's obvious. Mm. But there are many churches where the pastor just formed the churches, and as you continue coming in, he just is your pastor, mm. you see. <laughs> so, there's no that conscious decision for the members, mm. and there's a sense in which the pastor is. the the founder, the authority Mm -hmm. everything is in his name I would say financially and all that but as we know it happens a lot Mm -hmm. in many churches Mm -hmm. so what should we tell
0: our friends in in those churches I think there's an aspect we considered this last time the issue of authority Uh, we saw that Power and authority is given to every local church. And you saw the example of church discipline, isn't it? Uh, if someone wrongs against you, you have to approach that another. Uh, if they refuse, you take, you take, what? You take another witness, <coughs> two or more witnesses, isn't it? If they refuse to listen to the witnesses, you bring them to, to the church, isn't it? Uh, because it is the church that has authority to discipline this person. But when you, when you have a situation where authority rests in an individual because they are the founders of the church, uh, then you can say that they have, how can I say, they, 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 have, they have snatched the authority that belongs to the church and taken them upon themselves, isn't it? Because the church belongs to Christ. And Christ has given the authority to the church. So, how? Who are you to come and say, "I'm the one in charge of everything here"? I'm the one to say how worship ought to be done. I'm the one to say whoever is going to sing. I'm the one to say who is going to preach. Like if I, if if you're the one going to determine those things, then you've taken the authority that belongs to Christ, which is which we considered last time, and you've taken and 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 claimed to have that authority over over the church, isn't it? So you, you're some kind of, of a pope or uh, authority figure. Yeah. Any contribution to that? I think that you could look at it from many angles. I think the question itself is, is asking what will you make of people who start churches and uh, I like I like your list. Mm.
1: And those that they don't they don't select the elders. Mm. They they are being sent from another. Mm. From, mm. mm. from the
2: higher, from
1: the yeah
0: mm. yeah. So you 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 send someone from let's say what from the. Is it, is it the parish And um, you have someone you don't even know You don't know whether they qualify according to First Timothy chapter 3 uh, You know nothing about them And uh, uh, the, the bishop or whatever person imposes them on you And um, you, you see that authority to to set apart those people has been taken from the church and has been given to someone or to churches. Um, but what you see from Scripture is often pastors who serve are often those who are among you, so that they are those who, whom you know, you've interacted with them, you know their character, you know their family, you you know that whether they, they are able to teach, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Some <laughs> yeah. people
0: Things are very upside down, isn't it? Um, people people in this position, people in these offices have taken advantage of that office not to serve but to be served, isn't it? I say, I say that uh, he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for, for many. So that's not a biblical example. Uh, That that um, you could say that they are greedy for dishonest gain, isn't? They're using that position to enrich themselves. And um, yeah, yeah. So having looked at the constitution of of the organisation of the church. It, uh, it, is, it consists of Officers and members And then you've looked at The establishment of it How is it established It says the officers appointed by Christ To be chosen and set apart By the church So we consider that And then lastly look at the end there it talks about the purpose of these ministers The purpose of these Officers It says For the peculiar administration of ordinances and execution of power or duty which he entrusts them with or calls them to to be continued to the end of the world are bishops or elders and deacons. So you see there the purpose. So you have a church. Christ has given this organizational structure of how the church ought to function. And those who are going to function, Christ is the one who is going to call them, to appoint them, is going to qualify them, and then the church is going to simply recognize them and set them apart for the work of ministry. Uh, these people, he says there, they are going to lead in the administration of ordinances. We have two ordinances, administration, uh, sorry, baptism and the Lord's table. So these people are going to lead in those two ordinances. And, this is, and the execution of power or duty which he entrusts them with or calls them to, to be continued to the end of the world, are bishops or elders and deacons. So you can look at these duties and responsibilities given to the elders and deacons. Uh, let's turn to Acts chapter 20.
3: Acts twenty verse
0: seventeen. Someone can read the whole two to verse twenty-eight for us to get the context. Acts twenty verse seventeen to twenty-eight. Now from the letters the church and five the members
2: of the church to come with you. And when they came to him, he said to them, "Do yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me from the cross of the Jews? How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, teaching you in public and from house to house." only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to justify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of God, for I do not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and all the flock. Which the Holy Spirit has made you
0: overseers to care for the child of God, which He obtain with His own blood. Yeah. So that uh, Paul is about to depart to Jerusalem, and this is his final words with the Ephesian elders. Verse twenty-eight: Pay careful to pay, sorry, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So you notice there that it is the Holy Spirit. Um, who uh, who calls men? It is the Holy Spirit who gives them this charge to shepherd the flock of God and uh, Nini, Nini, to care for the church of God, which He obtained with His own blood. You see, the responsibility given there to to these officers, especially specifically the elders. They are to take care of the flock, they are to feed the flock, they are to take care of the church, uh, which um, Christ obtained with his own blood. Um, Titus chapter 1 verse 5. Sorry maybe I could say something um, People often make this distinction uh, Between bishops or elders uh, Overseers uh, But you notice you notice in chapter 20 of Acts Sorry to take you there again You notice that Now from my, le- my letters He sent to Ephesus and called the elders the church to come to him, isn't it? The word elder is used in verse 17. And then you come to verse 28. <laughs> Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the fruit which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, isn't it? And then to care for the church of God. To care for the church of God. To um, for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood the idea of an elder is an idea of maturity Um, uh, the, the idea of a bishop is the one who who exercises oversight and leadership so when it says there to care for the church of God the idea of a bishop isn't it the one who exercises administration in the church so that each of these terms the bishop, the elder the overseer, each of these terms describes different functions of the office, isn't it it's the same office, it's one office but it has different functions so when you say you're a pastor it means you're a shepherd you're a teacher of the word of God so another passage which is helpful is Titus chapter one. I guess it should be helpful for you to not to note these verses because you can find people who call themselves all these kinds of titles. Meow. Titus chapter one Meow. verse five. 1 verse 5 5 seven and 9 I'll read this is why I left you in Crete so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you verse 7 for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach he must be he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain verse 9 he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict. Notice the usage of... it. Paul is giving to Titus the qualification of those people whom he's going to appoint to become pastors in those churches, isn't it? And the first phrase he uses in verse 5 is elders. Elders has to do with maturity, isn't it? And then in verse 7, he uses the word overseer, the word bishop. It conveys the idea of leadership, oversight. So for a bishop, must be God's steward, must be above reproach, must not be arrogant or quick tempered or drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. And then verse 9, the idea of a pastor, isn't it? What does a pastor do? What what does a shepherd do to the flock? He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. And then lastly, 1 Peter chapter 5. I think this is also a very good passage to counter those who make a distinction between these offices 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 1 and
1: 2
0: First Peter chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. So you know you notice the he's speaking about the same office but different functions, isn't it? Mm. So he's speaking of elders. Elders to refer those who are mature, those who are um, more experienced, and then notice that he speaks of pastor what does a pastor do he shepherds the flock of god Uh, what does the bishop do he exercises oversight isn't it so you have the same office being spoken there not different people but the same person doing three different functions you you can talk of you can think of god is the same god but has many names isn't it many names Jehovah, El Shaddai, uh, sorry, El Shaddai, Jehovah, Shama, Jehovah. Isn't it? He's the same God, but he's recognized in various ways, isn't it? Yeah. And so lastly there you have the purpose, the purpose of these officers. Question, comment, or anything that's not clear.
1: Um, i'm I'm just seeing very clearly god's design for the church Mm. in in terms of the offices and and the various positions and how it's very clear and that at times sinful to distort Mm. or wrong to distort because it's very clear Mm. i was just thinking about the idea of a bishop actually in regards to alex alex's question Bishop in in the sense of how we know it today Um, the sense in which the the bishop is exercising authority over even churches that did not appoint him or did not set him apart there is a sense in which the idea of a bishop also promotes the idea of denomination (laughs) Denomina- <laughs> that Denominations. Yes, Denominations. Because someone is a bishop of a certain denomination. Mm. You get mm. s- so that I am a bishop of these churches, mm. not other types of churches. True. My authority mm. is not recognized mm. in other churches. True. You're not um, a pastor of yes, I am, churches. I yes. am a pastor or a bishop of MCK. Mm. Um, And and because of that you see how In many ways it causes problems That are not Anticipated to be there Or are not handled in in the word of God Because You see we are told here The authority is in the church The authority Is given to those Who have been set apart by the church So if I have A certain bishop From Nairobi Controlling the affairs of our church Mm. here in Meru, Mm. you can see how that can be problematic. Mm. Um, The whole idea that we have to send offerings there Mm. and for them to decide what to do with it, Mm. there's no accountability. Mm. There's no, like, it brings a myriad of problems. Um, If a pastor is considered not Okay, not Mm. by the church but by the bishop again or by the hierarchy, Mm.
0: they are then removed and you're given someone else, yeah. And they are posted somewhere else, they're not disqualified, yes. If they are caught in sexual immorality, yes, what the bishop does is to transfer him to another parish, parish, yeah. Mm. Um, Mm.
1: And and you see how it just brings Mm. that whole idea messes Mm.
0: everything this design, rather, as I see it. It's it's very problematic, as you're saying. Uh, you see, a simple issue like church discipline, if, an, if you have an issue here, uh, we have to write a letter to the bishop, first of all. We can't even excommunicate you. We have to communicate to the bishop, it takes long, and uh, our decision can be overruled, isn't it? We, we can decide that this person ought to be excommunicated, but the decision can come from the bishop saying, uh, don't excommunicate him so he overrules all of your di- decisions isn't it yeah. yeah yeah and and often you see that um, whatever your pastor can do to you if if you're standing before the bishop he'll take the pastor's word more than your word isn't it yeah because they feel that this person is more higher than you this person has more authority than you so, so there's that hierarchy. There's no equality. You see, you see if, if, um, if, if you have an accusation against your pastor in, in such a case, and uh, you are to take it to the bishop and everything, um, most likely than not he will follow what the pastor says. Because he feels that that person has authority. But what you see from scripture is authorities in the church, isn't it? Every local church, every local church is independent. No one can interfere us from outside because the authority is given to the church. It's not given to an individual or to other churches. Yeah. 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 I think this is, as you're saying, this is a very the the way God designs things um, is wise, isn't it? Um, if 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 this, it says here if if this execution of power or duty, if the responsibilities that are in the church was given to anyone to do, you can imagine like uh, if uh, for instance Alex, you could uh, you could conduct a wedding and marry someone. You see, there'll be chaos, isn't it? Like there'll be like we can. Today, Thaddeus is, is, is leading us in the Lord's table. Like this, <laughs> like, you see, there's an aspect in which God has placed those ordinances and those responsibilities, even preaching in the church, and uh, has given people who qualify to do it, isn't it? Because those things ought to be taken with seriousness.
2: They're,
0: they're not simple things, isn't it? They're, they're not trivial things, they're serious things so that God is serious about it, God is serious about those who are serving those offices and we know from James 3, he says what not many of you should desire to not many of you should desire to become teachers because teachers will be judged more strictly than others yeah, because because those offices um have 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 yes, they have great privilege, but they also have great responsibilities, isn't it? Yeah, because if you mislead people, if you stand before people and you lie to them, you'll be judged for that, isn't it? Yeah. If if uh, if you're in the church, you're a pastor, and you see people committing sin and you don't you you you, you don't say anything, you're responsible for that, isn't it? Yeah.
3: This
0: church
3: is where there is
0: only one pastor hmm. being heading with many churches. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, we I think we there's a church we visited. We we heard that there is one pastor um, overseeing six churches here in Meru, and one of them is just near here and. Um, There could be many reasons. There could be, first of all, there could be shortage of pastors, which is understandable. Uh, um, Which is understandable that you have to attend to all those people in in terms of teaching ministry. Um, But sometimes, if you look keenly into it, it has to do with power and authority. Those people... They don't want other people overseeing all those churches. So this this person, s- sometimes they want to become like a bishop in quotes because I'm a bishop because I'm overseeing three churches. So, so they have influence, I have authority. People want that power, isn't it? Uh, so so it, it can be understandable if there are no pastors and then you're compelled to preach in three churches so that you have a service from 7 to 8 in this particular church, and then you have to rush from 9 to 10 to another one, 11 to 12 to another one, isn't it? Um, it's understandable if that has to happen, because there is shortage of pastors. Um, but, um, but, you really cannot say you're a pastor of all those churches. You're a pastor of an individual church, isn't it? Yeah. You're a pastor of a specific church. I can't be a pastor of a church here and in Miyabele. No, it has to be one church, uh, so the order for so so if, um, if I if let's say the church in Kinoru they didn't have a pastor and uh they they they, they requested us to become to, to serve them in that capacity, uh, then we'll give ourselves we'll decide. How often we should go there, uh, uh, how should we organize ourselves to preach there, there in, in Kinoru. But it is not the ideal. It should be a temporary thing, isn't it? We should be... That, that person is overseeing three churches. Um, first of all, he must be a pastor of a specific church. And his church should know that we have allowed our pastor, isn't it? help those churches Uh, so that uh, it should be a matter even discussed in a congregational meeting because if the church feels like uh, we think that your service would be inadequate to us if you have to oversee three churches the church can decide that isn't it the church can say we don't think that is uh, doable for you to preach in I don't know four churches on a Sunday it's not it's not realistic isn't it and the church can decline and say that we uh, think you can, you can only help one more church, but not more than that. Yeah, yeah. But I think often, if you look keenly into it, some of them it has to do with power and authority. Someone does not want others to preach. He's not giving others opportunities to proclaim the gospel because in, even in those churches, if I can say, there could be people who are gifted to teach even though they are not pastors or not called into ministry who can, who, can, who can preach in those churches without necessarily needing someone outside to come isn't it yeah so, so there could be so many issues issues of politics and all kinds of things